welcome back. We are super excited to get this episode going. It is intense. We actually just finished up our interview for this one. Um, we wanted to wait till the end to do our little intro, um, just to kind of recap and prepare you guys. This is going to be a two-part episode, so... There's, just because there's a lot. (laughs) Be prepared. It's a good one. We are so excited to hear all sides of her story and just let the drama unfold. Honestly, just be prepared. There's a lot to unpack here. Again, that's why we're kind of splitting it up into two episodes. Um, We won't keep you waiting for too long in between, but it's, it's worth the wait. I promise. So, um... Just everybody get get snuggled in to wherever you are. Don't get too snuggled if you're driving or something. Like, stay awake and everything. But this will definitely keep you intrigued for a good long time. So, let's just get started. Hey, guys. Hey. Welcome back to Colombian Influence. Well, I just want to go briefly into an introduction. My name is Erica. I have never met you, so (laughs) welcome to my home. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's get right into it. Okay. I'm Jen. I'm 46. Um, I was adopted through Catholic Charities when I was three months old. Uh, I have two adopted brothers. Um... My younger brother was adopted through Catholic Charities when he was one month old, and my older brother was adopted from El Paso when he was 11 years old. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's, uh, I guess we'll just dig deeper, I suppose. <laughs> so let's just start with the, the basics as far as the circumstances surrounding your adoption, um, just ages of bio parents, um, you know, where you were adopted from, I think you may have just mentioned that, but, you know, just kind of a sum up of the circumstances around your adoption. All right. So my birth mother, Julie, was 16. Um, My birth father, John, was around 22. They met at a party, um, and, you know, I happened. (laughs) Uh, Julie put me up for adoption because my birth grandmother, who had eight children, said that she could not bring me home. Wow. Um, my adoptive parents, um, my mother, Marianne, and my father, David, married very late for people of their generation. Um, my mom went to Catholic school, and generally people got married right after graduation. Mm-hmm. She was 27. So she had mm-hmm. gone to nursing school. She had a career. She had went to Europe. You know, she was established, and my dad was 33. Um, they tried to get pregnant for about five years, and then they settled on adoption. Gotcha. So, obviously, you've searched for your birth parents. Um, yes. Were you successful with that? Yes. So, I met my birth mother, Julie, when I was 21. Um, the process of that was, um, at the time that I was adopted, the law was that you had to be 19 years old before they would agree hmm. to release information. Seems like an arbitrary number. Um, so, in 1993, when I turned 19, I contacted Catholic Charities, and I told them that I would like to meet my birth mother. And then um, when I was 21, 
they contacted me back and said, oh, your birth mother wants to meet you. I'm not sure why it took over two years to, wow. make, to make that connection. So you didn't hear anything in between? Nope. <clears throat> Nothing in between. Did you give up almost? Yes. Yeah, I couldn't have been more surprised when they got a hold of me. It was Two so bizarre. Two years? Oh, my gosh. Did they give you a phone call or what? Yep, they gave me a phone oh call. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And so um, they they had rules. So um, mm-hmm. the rule was supposed to be that we were going to exchange three letters, and then they would, like, oh. give up the information. I thought it was like a... Um, like, Catholic, <laughs> like a hangman's decision, like the three letters. <laughs> <laughs> Correspondence, I get you. <laughs> so I had kept those letters, but I would have had to do so much digging to try to find yeah. them. But I mean, I, I wrote a letter, I sent a picture, she wrote me a letter, mm-hmm. she sent a picture. Um, you know, she, she, or sorry, Catholic Charities told me that I had siblings, so I knew that I had three siblings. Um, so they did give you that information. Yep. They oh, told okay. me that before I even wrote the letter. Was that when you were 19 or was that later the, when you were 21? Okay. When I was 21. That makes sense. Um, so after the exchange of the second letter, um, I, m- my mom called me at work and said, uh, Catholic Charities sent you a letter and it's got her address and phone number. So I guess, I guess they broke the rules and I needed to do two letters. I don't know how they were even keeping track. I don't know. Huh. Oh, wow. So I left work. I grabbed her address. I mean, this was before cell phones. Right. You know? So I, I called from my house, and she lived in Eden Prairie, and I literally, like, got in my car. Like, I remember I the dirty hair, sweatshirt, like, <laughs> just got in my car and drove to Eden Prairie. And where were you at the time? Bloomington. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. So I, like, pulled into her apartment building, and I, like, walked into the foyer, and she came racing down the stairs and, like, almost knocked me over, like, hugging me. It was so surreal. Oh, my gosh. All of my siblings were there. What? So my half-sister, Jenny, who who is only three years younger than me, she knew about me, mm-hmm. but my two, um, my other half-sister and my half-brother did not know of my existence until that day. Oh, oh my but my half brother Shane was only five, and was, oh my and my gosh. sister Brittany was ten. So I'm not sure how much they would they tell would have taken yeah. in anyway. But, yeah. Um, the very first thing that my birth mother and I did was drive to the liquor store. <laughs> Pretty Irish. Pretty Irish. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. With with that whole situation, then. Um, Obviously, you were very successful in that. It took a little while, and, you know, the process was a little drawn out. But since it was almost, like, pretty much immediately after you were able to do this, what was the reason behind wanting to find your birth mom? Like, had you thought about it for, like, a long time? Or what was the kind of thought process there? I always wanted to. Mm -hmm. I mean, my parents were always really upfront with me. Mm-hmm. about being adopted so I mean I don't remember not realizing it mm-hmm. I think same. Yeah, my, I think it's the same for both of us yeah. my mom told me when I was like five I would go around and tell people that I was going to marry my cousin Sean and that I could because I was adopted oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. we're still very close <laughs> but, but not, not married, married. <laughs> no, not married oh my God. that is hilarious I mean <laughs> <laughs> legally not so great but yeah <laughs> God, that is so funny. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, it was all I thought about, especially mm. when I, you know, I had a pretty challenging 
teen years, um, you know, I was in treatment centers, hospitals, group homes for many, many years. Um, I didn't live at home. And in my mind, you know, if I would have just been with my birth mother, none of this would be happening, right? Mm -hmm. My life would have been so much better and I would have been so much happier if I wasn't with my terrible, terrible adoptive mother. That is so interesting because I feel like it's with some, like like with our last interview with, with our friend Elise, hers was she saw the picture of like what her past or like what her life could have been and it wasn't a you know, great outcome. But that's, that's what I thought before I met my birth mother. Which is fair. And also, you're a teenager when right. teenagers don't like anyone. So now, <laughs> now I see that it was literally the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Being given up for adoption. Yeah. So, for um, sure. My, she kept my sister, and I won't get into her story too much, but we'll just say that she's had a real tough time. And how many years younger so, than you? So Julie was 19 when she had my sister and kept her. Okay. Okay. With the person with the same name as me. That's right. Do you want to tell Erica kind of the basics on So, that? So when I met my birth mother, I also got to find out what my birth name was, which was Tara Ann Riley. Doesn't get more Irish than that. <laughs> and so, and that my sister was Jennifer also. Oh, wow. And, and um, over the years, the, I get referred to as either older Jen or bigger Jen. <laughs> Both of those things kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> because she is younger and much smaller than me. Right. <laughs> so oh. going back to that first day you met her. So you went to a liquor store. And then yeah. were you together all day? Yeah. I stayed. We were up until all hours of the morning smoking. Yeah. We, we could still smoke inside back then. So sure. <laughs> smoking, cigarette after cigarette, yeah. getting wasted, talking and talking and talking. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any, like, pictures of myself. I didn't have mm. a cell phone. It wasn't like I could right. pull out my cell phone. Mm-hmm. So we were really just talking. So was you it know. a very, like, was it a very different relationship than what you had with your adoptive mom? Well, yeah. Okay. I was going to say that <laughs> yeah. but. Oh, for sure. So I was, I was 21, so she would have been 37. Mm, okay. Um, and it was, so it was, and my sister was drinking too, and she was definitely not old enough, but mm-hmm. we were all drinking. And I think... You're Irish, it doesn't count. <laughs> I, I, I think in that first night, actually, my best friend and my boyfriend drove out there to meet her. Oh I, it was gosh. either that, the oh first gosh. night or the second night. I can't, I can't remember due to the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but my best friend was, like, dying to get out there and meet her. Like, everybody so was cool. so, like... So did you end up staying with her for a while? I mean, I think I, 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 I presume I went home. I don't remember. Yeah. I went home eventually, but my, so I did everything probably wrong in that I just dove in to this relationship, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. all out, all in. My sister and I got an apartment together like three months after we met. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. And spoiler alert, <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> because we didn't really know each other. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, yeah. you know, I can like, imagine if yeah, you met we're like biologically a... related, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like my sister and I had mutual friends. Like we both went to Benilde St. Margaret's, um, which is so crazy. And like we had, we had mutual friends. Like, I could have oh easily run into my sister at a party. And Stop. you had no idea. No. That like, is 
so At crazy. one point in time, my birth mother, my sister, Shane wasn't born yet, so my, my birth mother and my two sisters lived less than a mile away from me in Bloomington. Stop it. Yeah. You probably have seen them so many times and you had no idea. That's, so, that's, yeah. That's you, so you would have so no idea quick, if you had. Quick sidebar, my birth mother, or, sorry, my adoptive mother is a pediatrics nurse, okay? Okay. At Fairview South Hill Hospital. She was for over 40 years. So my sister Jenny, when she was two, she got bitten by a Doberman in the face. Oh. <gasps> and it, like, practically took her face off. God. So she was in the pediatric ward for a really long time. Like, you know, she had plastic Getting surgery. Get her face back on, yeah. Yeah, plastic <laughs> surgery. And then she got pneumonia, so she was, oh, like, geez. in a croup tent. What? My adoptive mom took care of my sister when that happened. And we were positive about it. See, I have always said, oh. Minnesota, the small world is smaller than most. I swear. Well, there's only 187 people in Minneapolis. So that's why we all know each other. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. I could not even imagine, like, it's just a different story. It's so different. Like, we... Well, you're from another country. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing but is, like, cause think, like, I think that's why you and I have connected so much on our stories, because we don't have coincidences like that. No. And what was that word you said this yesterday? Synchronicity. Synchronicity, or it's not just a meaningful, coincidence. Meaningful coincidence, but no causal connection. Yes. Yeah. I know, isn't that nice? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Just ask the librarian. <laughs> You're making us sound so much smarter. <laughs> so, so then, now that I've met my birth mother, I finally can get the information on my birth father. So was there any, I don't know, would there be any information that they would provide when you were 19? Or did they no. only have information on your birth mom? Well, the information that they gave me about my birth father was all wrong. <laughs> okay. And they, was that when you were 19 they, or was they, that when you were 20? They said he was... When, uh, my, my mom had a sheet of information from Catholic Charities that I had my whole life that gave like a basic, Super basic. kind of genealogical, biological background. Mm-hmm. You know, it said that Julie was healthy and like she liked to horseback ride and swim it said um, that she was Irish, and it said, like, I had, you know, this many living grandparents at the time. But I don't know if they just made up the information on my birth father, because it doesn't sound like he was very cooperative. But they said he was French-Canadian, and there's not an ounce of French-Canadian <laughs> in my DNA. <laughs> not an ounce. <laughs> so I don't know. And I have a friend, Julie, who was adopted through Catholic Charities, and she found her birth father on Ancestry, and she discovered that they had just made up out of whole cloth all the information that they Stop. gave her about her oh birth my father. Gosh. Huh. I don't doubt so it, I though. I think that was a, possibly a yeah. thing that they did. I think it is, because even for, again, sometimes the birth yeah, dads yeah. aren't there, or... You they know, have they just an easier make it, escape route. Yeah, they want to make it seem like it wasn't just... Exactly. So, so I'll I'll backtrack a little. So Julie was sixteen and he was twenty two. So of course that was illegal. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Number two, uh, my paternal grandfather was the mayor of Blaine at the time of my conception. (sighs) So when Julie was about six months pregnant, my maternal grandfather hustled her down to the mayor's office (laughs) and was like, "What are we going to do about this?" Town scandal. And and they wanted it to be completely hush hush hush. hush. Yeah. So John, my birth father, um, denied that that you know he got her pregnant. Denied that it was mm. his. You know, basically called my mom a slut and said you know it wasn't me. Yeah. 
um, thus the trip to the mayor's office. Uh, <laughs> and allegedly, the nuns had to track him down in a bar to get him to sign the consent for the adoption. What? What? Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Which I I I, I want to just have a mental picture of that because I hope they were still wearing habits at the I time. I do too. It's like sister act, but better. Right? And, I, and I'm imagining him drunk, and they're pushing the paperwork at him. You know, just that? sign it. Sign it. <laughs> God is making you sign it right now. Oh my God, that is so funny. But at any rate, um, oh he did sign. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Wow. So then I asked Julie, you know, what is his name? What can you tell me about him? She was very enamored with him, I guess, just because of the way he looked, because everything that I've ever heard about him, he doesn't sound very nice. But she said that he was tall and he had really dark hair. And she said he had the most beautiful blue eyes with the longest, darkest lashes she'd ever seen. My son has those eyes, so that might be where that comes from. <laughs> um... So, this was 1994, so no internet, really, or just, you know, yeah. just starting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I hired, like, a search, I hired a firm to search for him. Right. And, you know, I called hundreds and hundreds of John Haywoods, like, all across the oh country, and I never, like, wow. nothing. It was just a dead end. And wow. so, between 1995 and 2015, so literally... Two decades. Oh, my gosh. Every now and then, I would, like, you know, once the internet was around, every mm-hmm. now and then, I'd kind of get a wild hair, and I'd mm-hmm. search, and I'd search, mm-hmm. and I'd search, and I just never could find anything about him. Not a single solitary thing. Until one day in 2015, I'm sitting at the library, sitting at the desk, bored, and I was like, oh, I haven't, I've just probably been, like, a year or two since I had looked and searched so I typed his like full name in and bam, a book comes up, a self-published book on Amazon. Oh and his middle name is weird. It's Carol, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. So it's a very, that's an unusual mm-hmm. middle oh, name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was a book called The Crime of Prison, published by a John Carroll Haywood. So <sighs> I was like, okay. So I immediately bought it, started reading it, <laughs> started reading it like right there. Yes. And the first thing I see is the dedication page, and it's dedicated to his brother, Rob. Now, I'm going to backtrack and tell you how I know this, but I knew that he had a brother that died. Oh. And I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) And then I start reading, and he references growing up in Minnesota. (gasps) And he references losing his mother. And I'm like, okay, it's got to be. It's got to be him. So I, but it becomes very clear that this book is being written by someone who is actually in prison. Right. Oh my. So, so I'm like sitting there like, oh my, like how, so I, I'm searching all the prison stuff. Yeah. And there's, his name isn't coming up anywhere. I, I'm like mm. doing nationwide prison searches. I'm doing state by state. I what mean, if somebody I am, walked by your computer? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you looking for? She needs us. We're really good at investigating. <laughs> we are. I know, right? Well, I mean, I'm a librarian, so I know yeah, how to research. Yeah, sure. So... Finally, I'm like, oh, somebody had to publish this book for him. So I go to the, you know, the end of the book and it, there's a co-author listed. Yeah. So I take her name and I start searching and I plug it into Facebook and I, I get a hit. And I mean, almost immediately, I'm like, it's probably her because it's like this older woman in her 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I send her like a direct message on Facebook 
telling her the situation, she writes me back right away. Oh, thank goodness. And then, yeah. and then she's like, call me. We are on the phone oh, for like two hours. <laughs> what? Because she really knew my birth father a lot. Oh my gosh. But I'm going to stop there and I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. I feel like we need one of those rewinding sounds. I like it. So in 1995, my paternal grandfather, the mayor of Blaine, passed away. And Julie spotted the obituary in the paper and was like, well, you should go. So. To you? Yeah. Okay. So I like, I get all dressed up, but I don't, I didn't have my own car. So I had to borrow my boyfriend's truck. And it was like this giant like you know with the lift kit diesel rusty piece of garbage that i had to and i and i ended up in the actual like procession line (laughs) in that truck (laughs) at fort snelling but all dressed up so i get out you know and i mean i'm just like i am dying because i'm like he's got to be here you know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of, they're, they're, the whole family's like standing around the casket, you know, they're getting ready mm-hmm. to, it's the burial. And I'm like hovering around, you know, just like looking, Searching. looking at, at? at my face in the crowd. And finally this like older woman comes over and she's like, hi, <laughs> you know, like, oh who gosh. are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I was like, I said, I was like, first, like, who are you? You yeah. know? And so it was my birth father's stepmother. Okay. Oh. The mayor of Blaine had been married a lot, <laughs> but she was wife number two. Her name was Joan. So I'm like, well, this is going to sound insane, but um, I think that John is my birth father. I was given up for adoption. And she was like, eh, not that insane, but nobody had, nobody in the family had ever heard of this ever. So she's like, I don't, she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to give you my address and phone number and, and I'm going to give you some information, but not right now. (laughs) And I was like, fair enough. Yeah. You're busy. (laughs) So she, she wrote me an extremely long letter and I think we talked on the phone too. She sent me some pictures of my birth father, my alleged birth father. And the only nice thing that she had to say about him was that he was smart. Everything else was awful. She's like, you so know, I guess could be he's considered a, as manipulative. He's estranged from the family. He wasn't at his dad's funeral. Um, oh. He's like screwed over everybody he's ever met. She said he was mm-hmm. like really paranoid and weird. She said that he wouldn't fly in airplanes because he always had to have a gun on him. Um, she just, she was just like, I mean, long story short, she's just like, he just sucks. like you know but here's here's the information and she had no idea how to find him like he was completely estranged from the family and she had been divorced from my paternal grandfather for a long time and they didn't have any children together so i thought it was a little weird that she went to the funeral but whatever she did um so so that was that so i was armed with the information that there was that that john had one full brother and one half brother and I knew that the full brother, whose name was Rob, um, had passed away young. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So when I saw the dedication, then I knew mm-hmm. that was probably him. It surprises me, though, that they had that much information when she just met him at a party, right? Well, no, this, this, in, this information came from my birth father's stepmother. Right, Julie, but the name and everything. Julie only really knew his name. Name? Okay. Yeah. She really okay. only knew his name and what his he looked like. Name? 
I don't think she did know his middle name. I didn't find out his middle name until the funeral. Until I met him. Oh, okay, Joe. okay. Yep, I sure. only had his first and last that name. Makes, that makes sense, yeah. And she didn't know exactly how old she, he was. Julie didn't know how old he was. She didn't know... Like, okay, she didn't know she the didn't full know, details. She didn't really know anything. Got it. Um, she told me he had a green truck. <laughs> but it's weird. That doesn't help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to, <laughs> it doesn't help you find somebody. <laughs> um, so... I start talking to this Christine, and the way that she knows John is that her husband was in prison with him. And that's the co-author? That's the, the co-author of The Crime of Prison. Oh. And I mean, to give credit where credit is due, it is a full-on nonfiction book with research and citations. What? Um, <laughs> he can write. They dove deep. <laughs> he's, a, he's a decent writer. It's a little over the top, and it's pretty, pretty self-indulgent. I'm adding that to my must-read list. <laughs> but, but he definitely gets into, like, the California penal system, which does sound pretty awful. Hmm. So she wants to help me, but she also wants to kind of not tell mm-hmm. me things. But the first thing, the very most important thing that she tells me is he changed his name. Mm. That's why I could never find him. In Do you know when 80, he changed his yep, name? Yep, in the 1980s, he legally changed his name to Jason Erickson. And what wow. was it before? John Haywood. Wow, let's go but, real generic. But wow. he kept his weird middle name. So it was oh. Jason Carroll Erickson. So she's like, here's his name, here's his inmate number, here's the address of the prison that he's at, here's how you can get in touch with him. But I'm like, can you tell me why he's in prison? <laughs> And she she kind of hemmed and hawed and hemmed and hawed. And she's like, well, I mean, I think attempted murder. I was like, okay, to who? What do you? And she she wasn't giving up any details. Mm. Um. So what she said was that he was very manipulative and that he was a user. That she felt that he used her to get, um, the book you know published. Mm. She said that you know he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing her to past the point of where she felt comfortable. So she had eventually, like, ended contact with him. And Mm. she was no longer speaking to him. But I was... So what what she told me was that he was in the California medical facility. And so as we're kind of wrapping up the conversation, I was like, why is he in the medical facility? You know, is, is there something wrong with him? Is he sick? And she was like, well... And I was like, yeah... And she's like, um, so he's there because he is transgendered and is living his life as a woman, and they keep them there for their own safety. Oh, what a turn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> so. What? <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to, I digest this. For a while. I know I'm going to write him a letter, but at the same time, I'm still digging because now I've got more information. So sure. now I know what that he has a brother who's alive and I know his name. So back to Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> find I find a Scott. I send him a message. He writes back. Yeah, that's me. He is full-time army stationed in Germany. He is allegedly my half-uncle, but he's younger than me. Whoa. By like a few years younger than me. So 
he's messaging me. It's like 3 p.m. my time and I don't know, maybe 10 p.m. Germany time or something. And he's like, can I call you right now? Like, I'm at work. I'm like, sure. He calls me. He has clearly started to drink. <laughs> and he has a lot to say about his brother. <laughs> a lot to say about his brother. So he tell, he's the one that tells me that my birth grandfather was married like five times. He tells me that my maternal grandmother, John's mother, killed herself. He told me that my paternal grandfather, who was active army at the time, um, put his two sons in an orphanage and left them for an undetermined amount of time, but then did collect them later, presumably after he had married wife number two. So he had someone to take care of them. Um, he, he said the same thing that Joan said, which was that he was very smart. He told, told me that my birth father was an engineer, super, super smart. And then that was the last positive thing that he had to say in the conversation. (laughs) He said he was a, a terrible, terrible person, that he used everybody, that he's a manipulator, he's a liar. When I told him about the living as a woman thing, he was like, no way. There is absolutely no way. He said the only reason he's doing that is because he thinks it's giving him a better, you know, a better deal or a better place to stay than a regular prison. Oh, my God. He didn't buy into that at all. He told me that the last time that he heard from him was um, after their father had passed away and he was living with his mother, I think he said in Arizona, John came to visit them briefly and when he left, he stole Scott's coin collection and took it with him. Um, uh, uh, in addition to stealing a bunch of stuff from his mom. Oh my gosh! So my paternal grandfather was much older than Scott's mother, and he seemed a little on the defensive side when he was talking about his dad, and he kept saying like, "I'm the spitting image of him." Like everyone said so and stuff, and. Later on when he sent me pictures, I was like, you're not the spitting image of him at all. Like, not even a little. But, he see, but you know, he just seemed really earnest about that. So, I was like, would you be willing to do a DNA test? Because if you and I are related, then I'll know for sure that he's my birth father. Mm-hmm. And he was like, sure, I'll do it. Like, send me the test to Germany. So, I sent the Ancestry test to Germany, and it comes back that we're not related. Scott and I. So, two options. One, Scott and John aren't actually brothers. Mm -hmm. And that's possible, especially with, like, the huge age difference. Maybe my paternal grandfather was raising Scott as his own to help her out or something. Mm -hmm. Don't know. Or that John's not my birth father. Now, Julie has been maintaining all along that he was the only candidate. But... 20-odd years later, she uh, had to come clean and say, well, (laughs) there there was one other guy that I was seeing at the time. So I was like, wow, you really held on to that information for a long time. And was Scott just as, like, shocked as you? Um, We stopped talking after that, and I had a sense that if I pushed saying, do you think maybe he wasn't really your dad? Mm-hmm. I, I had just, I just had a sense that that would not go well. Sure. So I just dropped it. Yep. We're still friends on Facebook. Okay. Sometimes he likes my pictures, but we <laughs> haven't had any further contact. That's fair. So then Julie fesses up that she was dating this guy, Ed, 
who really, really liked her, and she had actually thrown Ed over for John, who didn't really seem to like her. So it's back to Facebook again, and we find Ed, the other contender. <laughs> now, Julie and I sit down with her diaries, and, and, and I know she was 16, but I was like, do you not understand how babies are made yet? <laughs> Because we're looking at the dates, and I'm like, oh, it could definitely be Ed. Like, I don't know how you didn't think that was a possibility. Like, can you count? <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, she's a good Catholic girl, so she was embarrassed about it. But I was like, what? Like, I don't care. I'm. It's no judgment. This is like Minnesota Mama Mia right now. But, however, <laughs> these two things happen real close together. <laughs> And I, and I was only a little over five pounds when I was born. And I was like, maybe I was early. And she was like, no, you, were, you weren't early and you were a normal size. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I'm like, I have my birth certificate if you want to check it. Like, one thing I've discovered is that she likes to a little bit rewrite history to make mm-hmm. it seem a little nicer in her head. Mm-hmm. But I was very little. So could have been early. Mm-hmm. Which would then... And especially if she wasn't like... It wasn't on her radar that she was pregnant. Right. And yeah, but... Well, that was the other thing. She said that she quit drinking and smoking immediately upon finding out that she was pregnant. But as we were going through her diary, oh, no. at about the six-month mark, in big black letters, I quit smoking today! <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, no judgment. It was the 70s, but that, yeah. was, kind of, that was kind of funny. <laughs> so... Oh, so I contact Ed. And we, I tell him the whole story. And Ed is this amazing dude who is delighted to think that I could possibly be his kid. He's so excited. So he's oh like, gosh. oh, my God, I'm going to do a DNA test right away. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Where was he located? California. California, okay. He had two beautiful daughters who were dying to know if they had a sister. Oh, my God. Like, everything was lining up that this story could have, like, yeah. went in a positive direction finally. Uh-oh. And how old were you at this point? 42-ish. Okay. So it wasn't that long ago even. Yeah, like five or five years ago. Four or five years ago. So this journey has been going for so long. Oh my gosh. But the DNA test comes back, no match. What? So we're back to John. John? I guess. God. (laughs) But I really, really, really didn't want it to be because this dude sounds like he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So... I write, so my then husband was like, if you write this guy in prison, do not give him any of your information. That's fair. He's like, you need to go open a P.O. box and you do not give him your full name. And I was like, that's probably good advice. So I went and opened a P.O. box and I only told him my first name and I sent him an extremely short letter that said, here's the thing. What? <laughs> you know, Straight to the point. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be my birth father. Here's why. What? A, a bullet point list. Stop! <laughs> oh why. my god. And I said, I said about finding the book, and I said, you know, if you believe that you are not my birth father, please still write me back, so I'm not hanging, left hanging. So he wrote me back and said, "Yep, you found me." Can I see that? Mm-hmm. He wrote me back and said, yep, you found me. And he he provided some information about his family. He gave me his parents' names, his grandparents' names, like where they were from, which was great because I've been trying to do a family tree on Ancestry. So I immediately mm-hmm. like got to work on that because I wanted to see 
if the family tree was going to match what my DNA background was telling me. Exactly. And he's he did not think that he was Scandinavian either. Um, so, you know, in the second letter, I, 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 after the first letter was exchanged, I said, you know, I asked him a few questions. Do you have any siblings? Or do I, sorry, do I have any siblings? Did you have any other children? I really wanted to know that. And, and, uh, why are you in prison? Like, you know, t- tell me your story. <laughs> 20 questions. Cause he was 19 years in prison oh my gosh so he writes back and it's this rambling story of he's staying in a boarding house in california and he gets into it with another Mm. tenant while he's in the kitchen making a sandwich and he's fighting for his life and he's got the sandwich knife and that's why he got attempted murder what and i'm reading it and i'm like nah (laughs) nope so after I get that letter, I start finding out, like, I know that this is there's public records. How do I find them? So California makes it very tricky, and they won't huh. give you anything online. You have to, like, write to them and Only request. Only Florida. Right? They give you everything. I know. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to write to them and request information. I had to send checks, you know, for the copies and stuff. Oh and then I had to wait. So in the meantime, I'm waiting. I get a third letter from him hitting me up for money. Oh. And at this point, I'm like, fuck this dude. Seriously. Like, I closed the P.O. box. So I didn't write back. But then the California information starts coming in. And it is not what he said at all. No surprise. No sandwich? No sandwich. <laughs> um, he tried to cut his girlfriend's head off. Whoa, no. I hate that. He broke, he broke into her house and he tried to cut her head off. And so he was actually charged with murder or attempted murder and mayhem. And I didn't even know that mayhem is a criminal charge, but apparently it is. Oh my God. Apparently in California, if you try to take someone's parts off, <laughs> it's considered an act of mayhem. Huh. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, dismemberment ain't good. Yeah. So 19 years started to make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I, so, so months went by. You know, I'm pretty sure that I don't ever want to meet this person, yeah. nor do I ever want him to meet my children. <laughs> so, but I was still curious. So a few months go by, and I, I opened up another P.O. box, and I sent him a letter, and I put it all on Front Street. I told him every... I was like, I do you remember when I told you I was a librarian? <laughs> I was like, I found out some stuff. <laughs> oh, good for you, God. Gosh. Like, he thought he was so smart, but I'm smarter. (laughs) So, I told him everything that I found out. I told him everything I found out about from his prison records. I told him everything I found out about what went down the night that he was arrested. I told him about knowing that he was living as a woman in the medical facility. I told him about talking to Scott and what Scott said. I told him about talking to Joan and what Joan said. And, you know... I finally, at the end, I was like, look, I'm sure this wasn't that pleasant to read, but, you know, now now the truth is out. Mm-hmm. So if you want to correspond with me after this, like, I'll leave the P.O. box open, but I never heard from him again. Wow. So at this point, I'm, so... Wait, I, wait when did that last letter get sent? Um, 2015. So okay. he's out of prison. Presumably he had to stay in California on parole, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. But uh, 
using Ancestry and then using the information that he gave me, I eventually worked far enough back on the family tree that I was able to find DNA matches with people that were on his family tree that matched me enough to the point where I would say I'm 99% sure that it's him. Okay. Um, so far, I haven't matched with any close relatives on my paternal side, unfortunately, but I mean, and, and I'm on 23andMe now too, so I'm sure eventually mm-hmm. something's going to pop. Mm-hmm. Um, what was weird is that like all of his relatives came over, actually relatives came over on the Mayflower um, from England. And so I'm going back and I'm going back and it's all English. It's English, English, English. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not seeing any Scandinavian here. But finally, after like hundreds of years, then it was like Norway, Sweden. And and then I was like, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think at this point, that part of the story is done. That? I kind of hope he doesn't try to find me. Um, I do too. Are you okay with like kind of knowing in a sense not officially knowing I'm, yeah I'm, I'm ready to live with that yeah yeah I, I mean I don't ever want to meet him and actually have him do a DNA test or anything like that I'm, right. I'm, I mean I'm, from what I know I'm about done. obviously you and I haven't known each other that long but from what I know about you and like our conversations you seem pretty at peace with it yeah as far as yeah. where it got you yeah. know and I mean but that is... took so long to get like that is <laughs> which is almost crazier the fact that she was She's local, you know? She's yeah. like, you think it'd be easy. Here's yeah. this, here's no. this. So much faster. That's no. so... Wow. So, I mean, I did, I, did, I did track down his high school yearbook. I had to drive out to uh, Anoka County, where they, the Anoka She's County... Library. I know. <laughs> well, I knew that Hennepin County has yearbooks in their special collections, so oh. I figured Anoka County probably did too, and he had told me what high school he went to. <laughs> okay. So I was able to track down his high school picture. It is black and white, but it, it does sort of look like me. Oh, my God. I can, I can show you guys. You can weigh in. But, um, wow. yeah, I think I'm at peace with it. Um, you know, I'm also a writer. I mean, he did write a whole book. Like, that's not nothing, right? It's mm-hmm. pretty good. So... I mean, I guess I, I did not get any uh, math or engineering skills from him, however. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I don't think I'm a sociopath, so I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> that uh, oh I can just I, I can just take the take the good stuff from him and leave the rest, right? I don't see any signs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so so far so good. Thanks for telling I'll me that it. after I invited uh-huh. you here. <laughs> Nope, so far so good. What do you think so. everyone should say that when they come in? <laughs> yeah. By the way, not a sociopath. I mean, I haven't killed have anyone checks. yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is like, I don't even. Wow, I feel like I've only heard like tiny little bullet points now that you've told me everything. I'm just. That is crazy. Just like you said, though, I thought it would be very straightforward, really easy to like get all the information and find it, but you have had quite the journey. It was not easy. That that no. name change, that was the thing. That's yeah. a big old plot twist right there. For sure. Yeah, because I feel like in the internet age, even if you changed your name, you would still be able to find, but it, right. it was like he vanished. But also if it's a man, like, when does that happen? Right. Not very often. Like, where's well, the... Oh, he, sorry. He said that he was selling a lot of pot. That's why he changed his name. He didn't <laughs> want to, he didn't want to shame his family. <laughs> Like, okay. I mean, I wouldn't either, but... I'm, I'm, you did a lot of other things to shame your family. Yeah. Say, attempted murder? Like, what? Yeah. I'm positive that that's probably not why, but... Sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, 
But we, we can swing back around to, like, my birth mother who's still in my life. Yeah. So, she's in your life is your... Uh... Hi, everybody. I'm sure you guys all uh, enjoyed listening to Jen's story as much as we did. A um, lot of surprises in her story. So, uh, still a lot more to come. We, of course, did cut this into two episodes. We didn't want to, you know, take out any any parts of the story because as you probably already know it's well worth it so uh be sure to check back in about a week we will make an announcement on our facebook and instagram pages just to keep you guys in the know um but the drama does not stop here (laughs) definitely make sure to check back for episode two and as always make sure to just uh go and follow us like subscribe please leave us ratings and reviews that is always very helpful for us please also send questions to us so we can address those in later episodes. Have a great week, everybody.